As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We are here. We've survived the first 36 hours without Matt Wells. Yep, we've got a preview to do. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm, sure what we're going to preview, but I don't either, man. well, this OU team is so hard to figure out. I don't. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Their fans are frustrated. It's like the most frustrated fan base you could possibly ever see. That is also eight and zero. That's it's also undefeated. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll have some some uh, wells. Thoughts to get to? Question mark. Maybe we'll see. We'll also have final thoughts from the Kansas State game itself, and then a, an Oklahoma preview, a uh, a, a pre preview, which is redundant of, uh, or just some thoughts, some words put together in a, in a sentence like this one. <laughs> that basketball season tips off. Exactly two weeks from today. Oh, how how it's gotten to be <laughs> so close to back basketball season, and we've said nothing. I don't know. There was a basketball media days, which we talked. We we had those interesting photos from with uh, all of the Big Twelve coaches together in a group shot. Got Mark Adams, a big smile on his face. Chris Beard on the end, a pretty big scowl. A lot of fun with the memes that came out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Texas Tech tips off two weeks, November 9th. We'll have a uh we'll have a preview episode that day, probably an instant reaction too. We'll double dip on the episodes. Excited about next week's episode, Michael. We're 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 connecting with the Gambling Gaujos podcast. Gonna do a uh crossover, maybe live on location show. We'll see how yeah, that the, works the out. location is yet to TBD, be deemed, but TBD. Once we find out what it is, uh, the people in the Lubbock area, you're more than invited to come watch four guys uh, stumble through probably what's going to be a two and a half hour podcast, knowing how we work. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be great, though. It'll be all be gold. Just nuggets of gold uh, along the entire way. A yellow brick road of, of podcasts. So. You guys have been really great, especially today, but just really great on Twitter. You've been interacting, following um, voting and polls that Michael has put out there. Super grateful for all the engagement and interaction we've had with all of your questions and thoughts and comments that we'll get to tonight at the end of our episode. But for those that are uh, still yet to jump on the bandwagon at 23 personnel on the old Twitter at punts suck and at Michael underscore LBK. 
can listen to us do a part, our piece of the Rob Rose College Tailgate Show, College Tailgate Show, Saturdays, 10 to noon. That second hour of the show this past weekend, Michael, exciting. Set up best, the best epic, hour of the show. The epic letdown that happened about yeah. two hours later. Yeah. Yeah. We we got to watch live as tech went up on a 24 to 10 lead right as yeah it, it was just it was great everything went yeah. so well we watched the entire first half in the studio the first hour of of uh of the game was on while we were finishing up the show so that was interesting this weekend's game will be at 2 30 so no crossover there but to, to listen in on that 103.9 fm here in i almost said the hubba plex and i would have hated myself and i just said it but I don't really hate it. I just, it's not a word. I, I, I can't get on board with that word. Uh, Ryan, I'm so sorry. 1039 FM talk 1340 AM, AM 916 San Angelo and online KKAM.com. You can also find us generally about 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 minutes after the final whistle of the text tech football game over on Spotify green room. We had quite a few, Quite a few people jump on with us this past weekend for the Kansas State instant reaction. Had even more jump on yesterday. Excited that we were able to do that and had had some great interaction. You guys jumped on and actually gave some thoughts. That's what it's there for. But it's the live audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here on the 23 Personnel Podcast every day. Share your own experiences and takes. And be, that's, this is your chance to be featured on the 23 personnel podcast. Download the Spotify green room app for free, create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers to be notified when we go live, join us Saturday. It'll be about, what do you say? Like s- between six, like six fifteen to six thirty this Saturday evening. Yeah. That seems about right. Following the Texas tech game. And then, uh, just come with your spiciest takes guys. Yeah, and if, if you've got some other interests, for those of you who like the stock market and sports, brother, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge to, on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win, join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com, create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. So if you use that, you'll get a risk-free deposit. And that means if you lose money, Symbol, they will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol, start investing and profiting from your favorite sports teams. You know, I I think this would work as well, Spencer. You could profit and invest in your some of your least favorite sports teams. Sure, you can you can count on their uh, their demise. Sure, you know, can, can you um, what's that thing? Can you short stocks? Can you do that? Can you short stocks on Symbol? You've already surpassed my knowledge of stock trading. I watched the Adam McKay movie once. So that's as far as I got. I've not anyway, not seen the Wolf of wall street. I've not watched. Uh, Oh, there's that. Yeah. The other one with, um, 
Oh, what's his name? From the 80s. Michael Douglas. Yeah. Uh, Greed is Good. That's not the name of the movie. Yeah, but oh, that movie. Oh, crap. What is it? Da! Uh, ah! <laughs> exactly. Well, why don't you do the football intro? All right, and we'll, we'll, we'll immediately we'll tell just, us what it is after I look it up. Let's, uh, let's jump into the, the football, and then we'll get back to what that movie is. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With Tom. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Raiders, 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh he's, my! You got it! Touchdown! Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown, Reginald Davis. All day to throw over the top. Jakeem Grant, touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike, got the big man, country, pulls free, and touchdown, Red Raiders, with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. Wall Street. The movie is named Wall Street. That's it was it. just right there, Spencer. I don't, I don't know how I'm blanked that hard. Spencer's over there. He's having, he has having a sneezing fit. <sighs> Poor guy. This wind. How you doing over there, man? This wind today, man. It's like 915 and still 85 degrees outside. Hey, West Texas is the best Texas, though. You never know when recruits may be listening. October 26th. Still nice and balmy weather. There you go. (laughs) All right. I will survive. I will. uh, I'll make it through this, but you will soldier on. If my voice gets further and further to the nasally end, you'll understand I'm dealing with West Texas in my face and my nose and my sinuses even. So no real new developments on the Matt Wells front as of yet. It's only been, like I said, 36 hours, but the one thing that I guess stood out or didn't really stand out, but uh, the weekly press conference, mm-hmm. Sonny Gumby was up there. And it was like, oh, hey, you know, I don't know why that was surprising. It was like, yeah, here we go. Something I did notice, and I don't know if this was intentional or if it's just like just a peek into just how he's just different than Matt Wells. He gave us a list of players that will be unavailable this weekend. He didn't did not give us the day to day stuff. And I was like, I can appreciate that. I understand the day to day and like you want to give them the players the most time possible to get back. Um, on the flip side, like if you know, they're not going to be there, like you're not 
Oklahoma's not game planning around Tony Bradford. <laughs> that's true. No offense to Tony Bradford. Dude no, no. That, that's, I'm, I'm just no, saying like... That's not what you meant at all either, but I don't know. Yeah, the, you're right though. So here, I, I'm, I'm pulling up real quick. It's a tweet from Don Williams from the press conference today. Um, yes, Sonny Cumbie says, defensive tackle Tony Bradford, linebacker Jacob Morgenstern, safety Adrian Fry, and safety Reggie Pearson all out this week for Oklahoma. Thinks he could get some of those guys back after the open date next week. Linebacker safety Kosai Eldridge, Eldridge expected back to practice today. So there you go. That's the update. Sonny Cumbie does not mess around with the injury update. No, that was good. I, I enjoyed Cumbie's, you know, he had like a two minute opener. Uh, he, he framed it the best way he could that, cause you got to think about these guys and, it's, you know, none of us are tap dancing on Matt Wells's grave over here. You're not both. I, I, neither of us called for him to be fired or anything. <laughs> no, it's, no, of course not. We didn't say anything like that. No, I will. I, I for sure didn't. You, you were kind of calling on some assistance last during the instant reaction of Kansas state to, to maybe be let go. But I don't know if you ever actually uttered that not, on the podcast. I did not say Matt Wells's name in, in connection with, should find another line of occupation. <laughs> you're st- you're still week. like trying to carefully craft the words. Uh, but but anyway. it was more like a foregone conclusion, right? It was, I was past. Yeah. He should be gone. It was now like now when, we should be making actions now with some of the assistance. It, it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. No. And, and you know, all I was getting at was we're, we're not over here. Just, we know that there's families involved and there's his kids and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and then that also puts the remaining coaches and their families in a precarious situation because they are not guaranteed a spot here next year. Um, they are more than likely not. I mean, they, they, they will probably not be coaching on the sidelines in Lubbock next year. That's usually how this stuff goes. And they all know that, <clears throat> but as Cumbie mentioned, that's kind of the deal. That's kind of part of signing up for this. But what I, what I did appreciate too, was that he talked about the players a lot. You know, the, the, the two minutes he spent just kind of before taking questions was mostly about the players, the coaches coming together, trying to make it the best for their, you know, for their guys as best as they could. The coaches themselves know they're on, they're about to go on a wild ride, uh, basically auditioning for their next job, whatever that is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now my throat's getting all messed He's up. Getting choked up here talking about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the parts okay. of these coaches. I'll be okay. <clears throat> so but, I'll, I'll yeah, that say was, that was all I was going to get at was just, it was nice to see him, you know, focus on the players and cause that's just, that's something we probably kind of overlooked when we did our instant reaction yesterday, just cause we were yeah. fresh off that press conference and the, the players are in such a weird position. This has got to feel strange. Uh, you know, a lot of them have since come out and said some great things about coach Wells and really appreciative to him and given you know, him giving them a chance and a scholarship and a shot. And, and of course, I'm sure they do feel that way. And having that close relationship with the guy who's there one day and then gets canned the day that y'all are off. And then you've still got four games to play and one of them, and you're heading to Norman. I mean, it's just kind of like, who? I mean, that, that's the, that's a group of people that, are kind of left behind in all this, unfortunately. I mean, despite what Hoket said in a press conference, 
yes, it may be the, it could be the best thing for tech in the long run, but it, it may not be a great thing for these players right now. And they're having to battle that and the coaches are having to you know, pull everybody together. But I, I think it'll be one of those strength from adversity type deals, not to rely on a cliche or a possible plot for a Disney movie or something. But I, I do or think everybody based, will, sorry, go ahead. Based on a tattoo on the uh, starting slash backup quarterback's arm. What is it? What does it, it say? Born from adversity. Oh, well, there you go. Or something like that. Sorry, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on. No, you're good. That's maybe that's the name of the movie. Yeah. When, when Sonny Cumbie takes us five and zero, oh, and we win the Cotton Ooh. Bowl. I don't. I don't know if Texas Tech can bowl. punch up the, the Alamo Cotton Bowl. Bowl. Sorry, that's that was ridiculous. The Alamo Bowl. Probably the Texas Bowl. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. No. So that was something that I was going to say as you were starting that. <clears throat> you got there too, but one group of people we haven't heard from really have been the players. And we did, we did see quite a few, uh, give their thoughts, uh, and thanks and appreciation to coach Matt Wells. Um, you know, a, a lot of them obviously wouldn't be here if he, you know, weren't recruited by Matt Wells or they've gotten, you know, opportunities at their stops to play collegiately because of Matt Wells. Um, and I, not that I think they were coached to say this. And I'm not saying that it's telling that nobody was upset that he was gone, but you also didn't hear any players that were coming to Twitter to voice displeasure that this had happened. Well, I'm sure they were coached not to do that, especially after the whole thing with one of the assistants going off on a, on a fellow podcast and a fellow fan randomly over the weekend and then getting completely blasted for it. Uh, I wonder if there was a lot of discussion about that had before, <laughs> before this even came out, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, but, but you know, I, I, I will say I'm kind of surprised that there were some, I didn't see as many vague tweets. Like you would kind of think there would be some tweets like, um, like the eyeball emoji and like 1145 yeah, Thursday morning. You know, we, we could, we could do this ourselves or, or whatever, I, you know, I don't know. I just feel like there, if, if that was really going to happen, there might've been some of those vague tweets where you can read into it a little bit too much, but maybe they were, maybe none of them just felt, none of them felt that way or they knew better than to tweet it. Yeah. Who knows? And like I said, it probably means nothing that nobody said anything. Just an interesting observation on my end. All right. You want to get to just a final thoughts, opinions, points from the Kansas state game? Yeah. The really, the only thing I had was the third and 34. Cause that was the one play when we recorded the instant reaction I had just got back from my daughter's soccer game and I heard that on the radio and I was skeptical as to how egregious it was. Anyway, I went back and watched enough of the game just for that play. And yeah, was it, I mean, I'm, I'm like you, I don't like to call names, but it was Devin drew, right? I believe so. Uh, he punched the guy. Yeah, he, I, he punched him. He, he like he swung across the guy's face, 
because you can see in the replay the the lineman's helmet is facing forward and then all of a sudden as Drew's elbow comes up towards his head the lineman's helmet moves drastically quickly to the right and then he's laying on the ground with like a bloody lip and all this kind of stuff i'm like okay yeah yeah that I, was I that said, was as bad as it could have been <laughs> i said that that penalty was a little weak i mean i having having seen the reaction or the out the outcome of the play the opposing player on the ground with with a bloody face and all that kind of stuff I'm going to walk that back. That was absolutely <laughs> yeah. a penalty. It wasn't weak. I don't think they were, they were hunting for a call there. Um, that was really, it was that just, was all I wanted to get out there. And it was, that was just so bad. The, a penalty like that, like I, I don't think it was intentional, but what, what ends up being was just absolute backbreaker like the absolute worst thing, like it could have been a 10 yard penalty or five yard penalty, but it was an automatic first down. Yeah. That's where it hurt the most. And it, you know, it, it makes it slightly better that they got 22 yards on the play. So that, that made me morally feel not as bad about it, but, but just the fact that it was, a automatic first down was just the backbreaker to get to the quarterback twice. Like they did in the same drive, uh, you know, have them go back on false start penalties, all that kind of stuff. I, I just can't emphasize how much that game or how much that play impacted the game and possibly impacted everything that happened on Monday, even though Hokot won't admit that it was just that game, but Hey, that game was part of the body of work. Yep. And who knows if that, if that wouldn't have happened, then this would have been an entirely normal week. So I've got two plays and one I have, as you all know, jumped fully on board Kyle Jacobson's bandwagon of fair catch everything that punt. I mean, you've, you've got, I, I get that there were some wind conditions that may have contributed. I understand that. But you you you've got a fair catch that, and again, I understand. Like I'm not I'm not I'm more frustrated with the special teams coach because I I think it's been something we've seen with multiple returners. So it's not like it's a McLean Mannix thing or Chadarius Townsend or Miles Price or Nehemiah Martinez who is back there returned two kickoffs. Um, that's my second play. Well, no, it, it, extension. This is one B of, of 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 the fair catch on that punt. Because had you fair caught that ball, the thirty five, had the exact same thing happened on your first play of the drive, you, you lose five yards. All right, second down. Yeah. Instead, it's it's a safety, and then you kick the ball back to them, and they go on to score a touchdown. But very quickly, nine point swing hinged on the, the mindset, the technique or whatever it is, the fundamentals of not fair catching kicks. The other thing I like, I said, I wanted to add on to that. Kansas state had that unsportsmanlike penalty, whatever that backed him up on their ensuing kickoff after a score. 
Mm -hmm. They had a long kickoff. It reached like the five yard line. Martinez tried to return the ball and got like, got to like the 20 or whatever. Oh wait, there's a flag. Kansas state was offsides on the kick, backed him up five more yards. And the exact same thing happened. Just, just call for the fair catch on the kick. Like if, if the ball's not going into the end zone, just call for a fair catch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's the same thing we've been saying. I don't know, two years now, three, yeah, 30 games, roughly 30 games, give or take. That seems accurate. Yeah. So the final score is 24, 25, uh, text tech, uh, going into the game was a one point favorite over under of 60 and a half. I had tech winning that game 31, 27. Michael had 28, 26. He was closest and I, yeah, you all know how it played out since then. So, well, I did, I did get something right. I, you did get I a missed PAT. That, yeah. I said that, uh, Kansas state would miss the PAT, a PAT at some point, but yeah, it was because they went for two and, That's but okay. they still missed it. They so did. I got that uh-huh. right. Uh, did not convert. We both were correct on the under mm-hmm. and 49. We just had the wrong team winning. That's all. Yeah, that's all. No big deal. We just had the wrong team coming back from being down 24 to 10 and showing some real resiliency on the road with a banged up quarterback who had like four incompletions. Good God. And with that, you ready to talk about the Sooners? Not quite. That, that <laughs> One more point that I was reminded of, and you mentioned it yesterday on the firing instant reaction. Uh, some of the shots that national media took at Texas tech. And a lot of it was basically like, what did you expect? Like, this is what Texas tech is. Um, what are you doing? Firing a coach with a winning record. Um, and winning record as of 2021, not, not winning record at tech or anything. And I, I think it just goes back into the, the overall perception that, we, we, we can't expect more than what we've got. Um, that Texas tech is a difficult job to win at that. You can't recruit to Lubbock. I think a lot of tech fans, especially those in the Lubbock area just got real defensive, rightly so, especially Joel Klatt. I, I, I quote tweeted him. He's not going to see it. And if he does, he's not going to reply. He took a shot at tech and I was like, you know what, man? good for you. Right. <laughs> right. And I was, I was like, you haven't seen, you haven't been assigned a Texas tech game in many years. So you don't really know what you're talking about because you haven't seen it. But I was like, but that also is an indication basically about where, you know, the Texas tech program is under Matt Wells because Clat gets some of the higher games on Fox and he hasn't called a tech game in years. Well, it's, it's been a long time. It, going back to that, I do think, I do think there's some truth to it. I know no one likes to admit it, but I do think there are some issues with recruiting here. Um, like I said, we need to f- find what those are and fix it. There's probably just misconceptions that just need to be cleared up. That's probably what a lot of it is. Uh, you know, you can, 
I was pretty down on the dumps this weekend. I was like, you know, maybe Texas Tech will only be a six and six, seven, five team for the rest of my life. I had that thought a lot. Uh, that that still may be true, but that doesn't mean that they should s- settle for it. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's one thing to expect to go out and win nine games every year. Okay. It's another thing to hope for it and, and do the best you can. But that was, I think it was Sports Illustrated. You know, here's here's why tech shouldn't win. Or here's why they shouldn't try to compete or something. And that that was the stuff I had the most issue with. It's like, no, tech should still do everything they can to compete. Um, I think sometimes fans as myself get a little bit caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses and well, they made, you know, they made a great bowl game two years ago and, and we haven't made a bowl game since 2017 and, and, you know, they want it and all this and that, but then it just comes down to a lot of just basic things that we're asking for. We're not asking to go to the cotton bowl every year. We're asking to beat Kansas. I mean, and we're asking to beat Kansas state more than once in 11 years. Mm-hmm. We're asking to not go one and nine against OU or, or, you know, four and six against Iowa state, including five losses in a row. We're not asking for anything insane. Just not it's, terrible. Yeah. Let's just be competitive. Let's, let's have a, a 500 big 12 record. Let's start there when a couple of non-con games, good gosh, look out. That's pretty good. So that, yeah, the, the, all the media just going beside themselves on that. It was obvious that they hadn't paid attention to tech because like you said, they haven't had a reason to. Yeah. We've been mainly irrelevant to them for years. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's the truth. It sucks, but we have been irrelevant for a long time when it comes to the national picture of college football. So let me quickly just read this tweet from Joel Klatt and it'll get to the point. Um, he only sees the record. Like that, that is the only thing he knows about Texas tech, Texas tech reportedly firing Matt Wells dot, dot, dot. They are five and three and play number four, Oklahoma this week. Dot, dot, dot. Clearly administration cares deeply for players. One asshole shot to take there. Mm -hmm. No, it's because they do care. They want to build a program, not let it continue to sink. But again, you know, nothing. Also, this take. Yeah. Oh, I'm Wells, ready for it. I know where you're going. <laughs> Wells should rest well, knowing the last coach who wasn't good enough at Tech is now head coach of NFL's only unbeaten. You know why? Where was he, wa- he? Where was he when Kingsbury got fired? Was he tweeting that out? You just wait. You just wait. Kingsbury is going to kick so much ass at USC. I mean, wait. I he's thought, gonna kick so much ass at Arizona. Oh, he's just good. Where was he then? He wasn't there. He I think didn't a, have that support. Well, I mean, he, he may have, and, and everybody was like, he just he didn't have the the resources and the support as a as a first time head coach. He was kind of thrown into the wolves. And, um, I think a lot of people saw <laughs> him as as a really good offensive coordinator. So when he got the offensive coordinator job at USC, I think there were a lot of people that were excited for him. I was like. Hey, that's not a bad spot to land. And then got well, hired we by the Cardinals. I was like, uh, coming in for big fudge. <laughs> he landed. <laughs> no. I mean, we were excited for the guy because, but, but I mean, Clat was probably the same one. Like, gosh, Kingsbury 
didn't even have a 500 record. Maybe, like you said, maybe he could get on board the USC thing. But then, anyway, he yeah. wasn't three years ago. He wasn't saying y'all watch out. Y'all watch and out have, for this Cardinals team. Yeah, They're going to be seven and zero. I have no desire to wade through three years of Joel Klatt tweets. With that, <laughs> Michael, let's look at the Oklahoma Sooner game this weekend. Eight no Sooners, five and zero in Big Twelve play. Obviously, two thirty on the ABC. This is a team that we don't know. I mean, we, we, we know who they are. We also don't know who they are. If you get it, and it, no. it, it's, it's a, it's a team of two halves basically. And not like first half, second half offense, unsurprisingly, supremely talented and really dang good. Number one scoring offense in the big 12 at 40, just under 42 points per game. Number two in yards per play at seven. Oof. You know who's number one? Baylor. 7.3 oh. yards per play. Not looking forward to that game. Number four in offensive efficiency. Starting quarterback these days, Caleb Williams, 6'1, 218 freshman, uh, just under 70% completion percentage, almost 800 yards, 10 yards per catch. Eight touchdowns, one interception. Not a bad ratio for only having a few games, right? Running back, the main guys, Kennedy Brooks, 5'11", 215, junior, almost 800 yards on the ground, 123 carries, 6.2 yards per carry. You know who else has six-plus yards per carry? Bijan Robinson and Zach Evans. This the, I, I watched enough highlights just to kind of remind myself of Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. He yeah. just looks like both of those guys. <laughs> he looks like Bijan and Zach Evans, and I just... I'm very worried. Nine touchdowns. Very, very concerned. (laughs) Nine touchdowns on the year for Brooks. Uh, You know who I think we'll we'll see a lot of? Eric Gray, their backup, just like we saw the backup for TCU. Five, nine, 206. Pretty stocky little dude. It reminds me of um, Kenny Williams from a a few years ago. Junior, 300 rushing yards, 62 carries, five yards per carry. Yeah, his uh, he's got one touchdown, and I think it was against TCU. So they finally were able to get him to punch one into the end zone. I that TCU game was interesting too. I didn't realize how close it was. Um, you know, at one point it was seventeen fourteen, and OU just ran away with it after the second half, I believe, to <laughs> beat TCU by the exact same score that TCU beat Tech. Hurtful. So I've I've got four pass catchers here, three wide receivers and tight end. One is listed as questionable, which is why I went three receivers deep. Um and then a tight end. These are guys gonna be catching the ball when you know Caleb Williams decides to drop back and throw the ball, or when, when Riley's like, let's give Kennedy Brooks a break. <laughs> yeah. Wide re- and, and not that not that the re- receivers are bad. I mean, we saw that like catch of the year candidate from Marvin Mims against Texas in the Red River Red River mm-hmm. rivalry shootout showdown showdown Cotton Bowl not in the Cotton Bowl yeah wide receiver Marvin Mims 5'11 177 is a sophomore almost 500 receiving yards in the catch on the year 22 receptions 21 and a half yards per catch who only two touchdowns though Wide receiver Michael Woods, the second, 6'1, 198. Senior, 
294 yards on 25 catches, 12 yards per catch, two touchdowns. This is a guy that's been question listed as questionable for Saturday. This is as of today and they're the press conference from Oklahoma today. Lincoln Riley said he was hoping to have woods available this weekend. If he doesn't, he's got Jaden Hazelwood, six, three, two Oh two sophomore, 276 yards on 30 receptions. So nine yards per catch, six touchdowns. And then big tight end, Jeremiah Hall, six, two, two fifty. It's a senior, 180 yards, 19 receptions, nine and a half yards per catch, four touchdowns. These guys average a lot of yards per catch. They don't throw the did ball a whole bunch. Did you notice that? But they still pick up a bunch of yards. I did. That's Whew. 21 and a half, 12, nine, nine and a half, respectively, for Mims, Woods, Hazelwood, and Hall. Now, flip side, where Texas Tech has, has a chance. Defense. Sixth in the Big 12 in total defense. Total defense is not a great stat, right? Yards doesn't really mean that much. Fourth in the Big 12 in rush defense. It's not bad. 112 yards per game on three and a half yards per carry. They've given up seven rushing touchdowns all year. It's less than one per game. However, that may be because teams are finding so much success through the year. 10th in the Big 12. That's right. 10th in pass defense. 275 yards per game. More than eight yards per catch. Do they give up? 17 passing touchdowns. That is most in the Big 12. 12, yes, even more than Kansas. Ninth and defensive efficiency. So they're one spot ahead of Kansas there. Um, yeah, and, and speaking of Kansas, they had, you know, Bean was able to throw a touchdown on them last week. Uh, they kept it close. The, the Kansas, I mean, well, let's see, where was it? I think it was the third quarter before, late in the third quarter, before OU finally took a lead. And then I don't think they were able to overcome that at all. I, I think Kansas still kept it interesting, but what was it? It was, uh, you know, it was 17 to seven KU at one point and then went to 17, 21 when, uh, you know, OU took over and then Kansas never led again. But, but yeah, this is, this is a team that kind of like what we were saying, if you were just looking at it nationally at Texas tech, you'd go, why did they just five a five fire a five and three coach? If you're looking at it nationally, nationally and saying, well, why are OU fans disgruntled with an eight and no start? Well, a lot of it's just because of how they've played, uh, you know, the whole quarterback controversy, the whole thing with Spencer Rattler, uh, getting pulled, um, you know, the the fact that they barely beat West Virginia, they beat them on a last second field goal. They barely beat Tulane. Of course, they were up ahead, you know, up quite a bit early, but and it's closer than it looks, but they still only won by five against Tulane. Nebraska was kind of a close one, and then you saw that Nebraska wasn't any good. Um, you know, I think there were some heroics to overcome that. 37-31 against K-State getting down big against Texas, but somehow coming back and winning 55, 48, uh, you know, they're, they're most dominating and only win that probably had people walking away. All right. I think we're doing all right. It's after the TCU game mm-hmm. that we discussed a little bit. 
because then right after that, they went to Lawrence and didn't lead till the third quarter. Um, so this is a team that people are really frustrated with as fans. And I totally get it. It's kind of, it's probably kind of the same feelings we have, except tech wasn't winning those games. <laughs> um, so I, that said, I mean, there's a chance that I hate to say this, but oh, you could quote unquote play down to Texas Tech on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if if Tech's offense gets humming, if they're able to really, you know, put out a quality quality few series on on offense, and Columbia's able to lead the team. Uh, Cumby did confirm that Columbia would be starting. I think it's going to be interesting to see Colum- uh, Cumby on the sidelines. I guess. Yeah. Since he's been in the booth all year, uh, that'll be an adjustment to make to call plays from the sidelines, but we'll see how that goes in Norman. Um, yeah, there's, there's just ooh, trial by fire, man. I just still can't get over it. Like, so oh, you want to be a head coach? Here you go. <laughs> go to Norman. I, I was looking at the, at the defensive stats for Oklahoma. Having said all that, they give up only 25 points per play or sorry. Ooh, 25 whoa, points. whoa, 25 whoa, points per shot, game. Baby. And it's, it's just really interesting to look across like the stats of the big 12, but just across college football and just to compare it to like 10 years ago, right? 25 points per game would have like easily been the top defense in the league. It, it would have been incredible. They are sixth in points given up in the big 12 conference, Iowa state 17 Baylor, just under 19 Oklahoma state, just over 20. West Virginia, just under 22, Kansas State, 25. Uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma have given up the same number of points. Sorry, they they give up the same number of points, 24.6. Texas, 29.6. Texas Tech, 30.6. TCU, 31.6. Kansas, 42.1. You remember going to the beginning of the season, we talked about a defensive stat to look forward to or to look to track and mm-hmm. say, if you did this, you can probably be winning games. And it was, it was points per game for me. And I said 30, if you can get down to 30 points or less, you're going to be winning a lot of games. 30.6 points per game. Eighth in the big 12 conference. <laughs> well, you know, it's not your fault that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not your fault. It's okay. Yeah. Um, a couple of outliers there. Sure. Sure. But also, Outliers have to be taken into account because that's happened twice now. In terms of offense, Oklahoma is number one. We've already said that in points per game, 41.8. Texas, 41.6. Baylor, 38.3. The highest mix of offense defense in the conference has got to be Baylor. You know, third in offense at 38 points, second in defense at 18. Uh, That's got to be the biggest spread at 20. Then TCU, then Texas Tech. Texas Tech has a fifth highest scoring offense in the conference, Iowa state, West Virginia, Kansas state, Oklahoma state, Kansas, those Oklahoma state numbers are wild. They give up 20 or they score 26 points per game, give up 20 points per game. There's some nail biters. (laughs) Like one of the, one of the, the least lowest scoring offenses, lowest scoring defenses. And they're right up there at the top of the conference. Um, so obviously the matchup to watch is the Texas Tech pass offense versus their defense. They Oklahoma 
gives up 273 yards per game. That is 113th pass defense in the country. 8.2 yards per attempt, whereas Texas Tech gains 9.1. Quite a bit better on the ground. Oklahoma gives up only 110 yards, where Texas Tech rushes for 170. Uh, Tech is able to pick up five yards per carry. Oklahoma gives up three and a half. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit burned because wasn't Kansas State the 115th quote unquote worst pass defense in the country? You know, it's coming to Lubbock. Yeah, probably. And then Tech attempted 19 passes. Something. Yeah. I, I'm, it's going to take me just a second to get there, but. Well, that's that's all I was getting at is I don't want to lean on that too much, especially in Norman. Uh, if for some reason the passing game wasn't able to get off the ground here in Lubbock. And I don't know, you know, there's been some debate back and forth with uh, fellow gambling gaucho, Rob Bro, who, who was talking about it wasn't so much the play calling, it was the execution of the plays. And it, I get that. I mean, there, there's a chance there. I'm, but if you're not being asked to throw the ball, you're not being asked to throw the ball. I'm not, I'm not sure where that is and, and where execution would also not fall under coaching to some extent. It, it just doesn't, it seems like Cumbie's getting sort of a pass for that second half. Uh, I think there's some people that are overreacting to that on, on the way too, because I have felt like his offense has been surprising to me. And gosh, I've seen the word predictable so much, which I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? How can you have nine people carry a ball in a game? And you're like, oh, that's so predictable. Oh yeah. He's going to have Geiger. He's going to have Geiger on a sweep. Uh, So so predictable. predictable. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Nine ball carriers, more ball carriers than guys who catch passes. I mean, come on. But so, I mean, I feel like we need to find a happy medium there. I don't, I think there's something to be said about or to be to, or to question, you know, why there weren't as many passing plays as there were against a team that was sure. supposedly not good against the pass. So maybe that adjustment will be made this week and we'll see. I, I, I can't see what they were last week, but I can tell you that Texas, Texas tech and Kansas state are 76, 77 and 78 in the country in pass defense. Um, and then TCU is at 83. So you've got four big 12 teams within eight spots. Also on this page is West Virginia at 96. Still better than Oklahoma. When Oklahoma has the ball, I mean, just, just look out. They're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball and they're going to drop back and do play action and bombing over the top. Uh, Cause they got the athletes to do it all the way around. Um, this is one of those te- one of those games that we looked at the beginning of the season. Like this is a game where you don't have a shot. You've got a shot. I mean, every team's got a shot. When you see Oklahoma play the way they've played this year, um, there hasn't been a game where you're like they were clearly the better. I mean, you, you mentioned the TCU game that was probably the best one, but they play close games against West Virginia uh, and Kansas. Even I, it's possible. I don't know what you're going to get out of this team emotionally after this week. They may be drained. They may be pumped. That's such a wild card, but you're also on the road in one of the toughest road environments in the conference. Texas tech is currently 
19 and a half point dog in Norman over under of 66, which is that's low, low. Give <laughs> me the over. No, it seems like hammering the over seems to be the only option there. Give me Oklahoma to cover. And I think it'll be something like 55, 24. Okay. That's different enough from mine. Because spoiler alert, I'm, I was doing the same thing, but I had, I think I had 56, 21. <laughs> and, and maybe 55 doesn't make that much sense, but yeah, it does. I've seen 55. What is that? Uh, seven touchdowns and two field goals. Sure. I'm, I'm just going to write it down 55, 24. Here we go. So not, not pretty. And this is again, we, thought this was going to be ugly going into the season. There I is came up with this number right after the K state game, by the way, and I'm just going to stick with it. Nothing has changed once they, no, yeah, nothing has changed for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing this well because Cumbie's doing it or because Wells got fired. Or, I mean, that was just how I felt right after the K state game. So I think, it makes the most sense to just keep rolling with that. Even though I was in a very bad place. We've talked about that. It's been rough. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I mean, this chair, I'm sorry. This chair is so creaky. All right. With that, Michael brought up at the beginning of the show. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, SD, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Guys, you need to download Spotify Green Room if you hasn't. If you haven't, it's the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. We had a really good conversation with you guys on Monday where we talked about the the recent coaching change, the, the recent press conference. Uh, it's great for our post-game instant reactions, which is normally what we use them for. Uh, you can join in the conversations with us and you will be featured on our podcast. If you ask to be invited onto the stage, make a comments, drop some heat. Let us know what you think about where things are when you come on. We'll be hosting rooms every week, pretty much 30 minutes to an hour after the end of the game. So come and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free in the iOS app store. It's free in Google Play. You can create a profile, link your Twitter, join our group. You can follow me at Michael McDonald, but especially follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers, and you will be notified when the room goes live. And like I said, we'll be going live every Saturday, roughly 30 minutes after the end of the game. So look for us 6.30ish or so this Saturday to go live and discuss this Oklahoma game with your interim head coach, Sonny Cumby. Yes, sir. Picks her in. Wait, I accidentally, I accidentally made that sound like he was going to be on the podcast. Um, hey, Sonny Cumby will not be on the ask. podcast unless he wants to be. We can ask. We can certainly. reach out. I mean, I, I'm from Merkel. He's from Snyder. So we, we have some ties there. 
that's like, that's going to be the calling card. Just like we say, we went to school, the, the same school that Patrick Mahomes, Michael's gonna be like, Hey, he went to Snyder. I went to Merkel. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think he was already, cause Snyder wound up in Merkel's district. I think the last two years I was there, maybe three. And I think he was already gone, but still, but still doesn't matter. <laughs> It's probably pretty easy to find out when he was playing high school football. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's a very researchable thing. Picks are in. We're looking at the entire Big 12 Conference. All 10 teams are playing this weekend. We've obviously talked about Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Oddly low line for Baylor. Sorry. Yeah, Baylor hosting the Longhorns. Baylor is minus three. What do we do with this? Well, I... So it's basically a pick them because Baylor, you get minus three for being the home team. It I seems bizarre to me. Yeah. One, just because it's just this bizarre world we're living in where Baylor is really good on a year that we were really down on them. Oh boy. I was, <laughs> I so was wrong. not feeling Baylor at all. <laughs> um, I like Baylor to cover. I think they win. Really? I think they win seven, 10 points. I think they're. I think defense. I would take UT plus three here. I just I don't want to, but well, they've both come. They're both coming off a bye week, aren't they? Because I was about to say, well, UT's coming off a bye week. Well, no, I think they both are. Yeah, they both are. Uh, UT plus three. Iowa State minus seven on the road in Morgantown. Also seems weirdly low. Give me Iowa State to cover. Agree. I, I'm with you there. Uh, that West Virginia TCU game was just awful this last week. Um, it really, I, I posed the question on Twitter and I had a lot of who cares responses, which is always <laughs> so helpful. But I posted the question after that game where West Virginia beat TCU, I believe in Fort Worth. And that's so frustrating. Beat him pretty handily and said, I said, well, does this make the TCU loss look worse no wait does this make the tcu loss look better or the west virginia win look worse i couldn't even remember what dumb tweet i came up with they so beat that, him 29, yeah maybe i did deserve the dumb responses i got yeah they beat him 29 17 yeah it was just ugly it was so ugly i think dugan duggan threw a pick or two at the end or there was a fumble or there, there were like some really bad turnovers at the end that sealed it yeah, DCU was blanked in the second half. They scored 17 and then scored zero second half. Both teams, West Virginia and TCU, are three and four on the season. Again, like it's in a weird spot where like, one, because Texas Tech has played eight games already and only Oklahoma has played eight games. Everybody else has played seven. But the Big 12 standings are just so weird. Because really? of like Texas Tech is three, they're sixth in the Big 12 at five and three. Ahead of Kansas State, TCU, West Virginia, and Kansas, right behind Texas, who is also four and three. Well, and as Kansas we have. State is. You're picking, you're with me. You're picking Iowa State minus seven. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like that. That that feels easy. Anyways, 
the two purple teams are playing each other, Michael. John mm. Kurtz, who is becoming, uh, I wouldn't say a favorite, but he's a Kansas State reporter that I'm beginning to appreciate. I'm going to make sure I follow him because I'm not sure if I do. He tweeted out a picture of of Gary Patterson is like, if Kansas State wins, does TCU fire Patterson? <laughs> does it become like a pattern? Kansas State at home is a three-point favorite over TCU. Maybe because I'm just not watching a lot of other Big 12 football because by the time the Texas Tech game is over, I'm pretty... I'm pretty spent. I'm like, I don't want to watch any more football right now. I have so little grasp on what's happening on the rest of the conference. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this line. Give me TCU to cover. I'm going to pick Kansas state. (laughs) I think we split all three of these so far, which is fine. Uh, we, We were, we were united with Iowa state. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, that was it. Kansas on the road at Oklahoma state 30 and a half point dogs. Give me Kansas to cover baby. Yes. Kansas plus 30 and a half, man. That's easy. They're taking that show on the road. They're taking that momentum from Saturday, almost toppling seven and Oh, at the time. <laughs> oh, you at home allowing anyone with a pulse into the stadium which I think is a great strategy in that case. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Oklahoma state, you just listed it off. They average what? 26 points a game on offense. Uh-huh. Give up 20. Yeah. So give me KU plus 30 and a half and, you know, watch me go down in flames, but I'll at least, I'll at least feel <laughs> watch him cover superior. at like 35 to three. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the, the three is just, late it's garbage time no worse it was early (laughs) first drive and they're up three zero and then they don't score again all right well let's uh let's get to your questions because there's a lot of interaction i want to get to that now are these really the questions that i was called here to answer who's in the box what's in the box i'm ron burgundy damn it who typed a question mark on the teleprompter you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so good work, bad work. We included one, two, three, four, five, six questions. Yeah, in the tweet. I so got you, really question happy in the, in the tweet today. Many opportunities to respond, and you did not disappoint. Emery Lida at Eraser41. Um, well, here, let me, ask, let me ask the questions. Do you agree with the Wells firing? What about the timing? Who do you want to see on the sidelines next Texas Tech football season? Who do you not want? Can come and get to a bowl game? Does Tech cover the plus 20 in Norman? All right. So table is set. (laughs) Yes. Emory's first answer. Yes. But I understand why the timing could be frustrating. So do you agree with the Wells firing? Uh, And the timing. Who do you want to see on on the sidelines? Trailer slash Kitley. Kitley, you haven't seen, I haven't, Emory may be starting something here. Um, that's the first time I've seen his name really mentioned a lot, aside from people were kind of facetiously saying it after the whole uh, Houston Baptist deal. Um, and then he kind of just went off, fell off everybody's radar a little bit because he's over in Kentucky somewhere. Is that right? 
or isn't he? Is he not still with Houston Baptist? Uh, up real quick. I don't think so. I think he took his quarterback somewhere too. I think he took Zappy with him. Oh, are they at a like Eastern Western Kentucky? Is that where they're at? Yeah, I'm in in the state of Kentucky. I was not clear yeah. at all. Western Kentucky like, yeah, Hilltoppers. Yeah, he's somewhere in the bluegrass state. Yeah, they're, they they went there. I I've seen Kitley's name before in, in connection with coming back to Texas Tech. I could be okay. I I don't know. I I just I don't I don't want to tie and say I want this head coach with a handful of our current coaches that we like, like I really do like Falani uh, and some of the guys we currently have on staff, but I don't want to come in. I don't want a coach coming in and say, you have to do this. And I, I also don't want to tie like trailer. I really like you, but you got to get Copa Carthla as your DC, which I think could be a really cool hire. They, yeah. they would recruit the heck out of West Texas. Um, yes, they would. Who does he not want to see? He said, Bryles squared agreed on that. Not huge on dykes. I, I'm, I'm not there too. I'm not, I'm not a, huge on Dykes either. I'm not excited about Dykes. I could be okay with it. Can Cummy get to a bowl game? Possibly. Does Tech cover the plus 20 Norman? He says, yes. OU is horrible against the spread this year. That's the other thing. Now, yes, that is very true. Oklahoma has covered what once? Um, yes. Or they at covered, all? When was it? They covered against UT. Oh, that's right. That was the only they, time they covered. They were picked to I lose think. or something. Yeah. And it was, I think that was it. I'm pretty um, sure that was it. I'll go to the next one. Brian Don Carlo, which is great. Uh, Brian is good with the firing. He says, yes, uh, the timing, no better time than the present. He's wanting someone with a Texas high school background. He does not want anyone associated with a sex or a sexual assault scandal. <laughs> Very fair. I agree with you there. He doesn't think Cumbie. No, I got that wrong. He does think Cumbie can get to a bowl game, but he does not think Tech covers the plus twenty in Norman. I agree with everything you got. I'm okay with everything you said there. Yep, we got Sports Kyle Lang who jumped on the instant reaction. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. That was great. Yep, appreciate that. Agrees with the firing and the timing. Give me Trailer McGuire or Nick Saban. Could be down for any of those three. Yeah, or a combination I guess of three. I'd accept that. Um, no dykes, and it should go without saying no one named Bryles. I think this team is capable of winning one more game. So, yes, Cumbie could get to a bowl game. Does Cumbie switch quarterbacks? When we learned today that he doesn't plan on that, Kyle, but you tweeted that, I think, before the press conference. And he well, does have OU dot. Well, let's see. Yeah, he does have OU covering 56-28, so pretty close to our scores too. Context of the answer where he's when Cumbie said he doesn't plan on switching, does that mean like he's not going to do the rotation or he's he's not going to switch the starter? Oh, good thought. I bet he'll still rotate. I bet he'll still he seems like he has continued to do that more and more each game. Maybe not so much against Kansas State. I think Kansas is kind of an anomaly there with getting to try things a little bit differently than you probably would. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll still, I think he'll still do the rotation. Kyle's Raider power at sports kingdom three. Wells firing was just on schedule. I was done with him after the Kansas state loss. It just proved the feeling I had all along that his system was just not going to work. Let's take a shot on Jeff trailer worth the gamble. Absolutely. Don't want art Bryles. 
I think we win one of four and no on the cover this weekend. We've got con man weighing in. He says, as far as should Wells be fired? Yes. I've been this way since UT timing. There is no good time, but it was best to part ways. The field of coaches shrinks. If you don't make the move, um, he says he wants trailer. He does not want Bryles. He does think that Cumbie understands the culture better at tech and may win a game down the stretch. And I, I get the mathematic and how it works out that, what was it like 65% or 80%? I, don't, I, I can't remember the exact number that yes. Texas tech does win another game. And I get that the mathematics works out like to go. Oh, and four is less likely than one in three. I just, yes. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Iowa <laughs> well, state. The, maybe. It, well, it's all the FPIs and, and the SP pluses and all that, you know, your chances well, of do, winning the next four games right, right now. They somehow like the Texas tech, Oklahoma state matchup. And I don't understand that one. Well, and what was it? I think we had a 38% chance to beat Baylor in one of the ones I saw. I wonder if that's been updated. Let's check that out really quickly. It may not have been. I'm, I'm going to read a couple more while you're checking yep, that out. It. Double T dad weighs in. Yes. He thinks he should be fired. Why wait till the end of November for what can be done now? Trailer would be his choice. Anyone named Browse would not be his choice. He does think tech will win one more game, but he does not think it'll be this weekend because he doesn't think they'll cover or he doesn't think tech will cover this weekend. Uh, Let's see one more before you tell me what you found out here. We've got Fabio Naldino tweeting in. I don't think Cumbie as an intern was a good idea. He never wanted to be on the field, preferred to be in the box. And besides Kansas state, I don't think the offense was the problem. So I would prefer to keep him in the box and put another assistant coach at HD at HD at at HC that he wrote at HC. I don't know what the heck I was reading. Um, I think I replied to you, Fabio. I I agree with that. I was surprised. I don't, I mean, I didn't have an issue. I didn't necessarily think it was a bad idea, but I was surprised that Patterson wasn't given the reins, given the fact that he was when Matt Wells went down with COVID last year. Unless you look at that game and said, well, that was a terrible game. They won the ball game though. And control. Yeah, it, it was a rough game. So maybe there's that, but that that made me come around to the possibility that was this the plan all along? Was this why they pulled the trigger so early? Because they knew they had Cumbie on staff and kind of wanted to give him a tryout. Uh, pure speculation here, but that's a possibility. It always seemed like a head coach in waiting kind of thing to me anyway when he was hired or potential head coach in waiting, I should say. Um because I, I don't know why else he would make that move from a relatively stable program with a guy who's been somewhere for what, 19 seasons at, in Fort Worth to a guy who just was basically forced to fire his offensive coordinator and head into his third season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there might've been some more incentive there that we never will really know for sure unless he goes three and five or something over the next few weeks. Right. Um, I'll read one more from TTU Snyder, which, Hey, I wonder if he's from Snyder anyway. Um, says, yes, he agrees with the firing. Did not see any real point in waiting. 
is interested in McGuire or trailer does not want Bryles, either of them. Maybe they'll win another game, but he's not optimistic and no tech won't cover this weekend. So, and maybe I just need to hear Kyle Jacobson's pitch again for Joey McGuire. I get that he was a heavy, he was in heavy consideration for the Baylor opening when it came up when they got Dave Aranda. I'm sure they're not, uh, they're not sad about getting Aranda and keeping McGuire there, especially the way it's been going. But as someone who hasn't had even coordinator experience at the college level, I have questions, but then I also talk myself back and say, do you need to have coordinator experience to be a head coach? I mean, if you're not calling plays, is that necessary to have coordinator experience? Maybe not. Maybe it just, uh, you know, just increasing experience, uh, responsibilities as you move up, right. As you go from an assistant to a coordinator, to head coach, you get more and more on your plate. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear Kyle's pitch on McGuire. Not that he's not a great coach and very well liked and very well connected. Yeah. I think the recruiting aspect is the biggest, the biggest plus with him. Uh, you know, you know, basically been a staple and, high school football around the state and then moved on up to the college ranks. I, I think that's really it. I, I think the big selling point on him is looking at Texas Tech's recruiting classes over the last six years or so and thinking, well, that's a direct correlation with how poorly tech may be performing on the field. And then looking at it that way and saying, well, we've got to get somebody who could recruit. And that I think that's really it. And like you said, at the head coaching position, I'm sure. I mean, he has been a head coach. Yeah, obviously. He has, but you know, I mean, it's it's not quite the same thing as saying it, but uh, this isn't. No, it's not at all. I was about to say it's similar to Mark Adams to an extent, because yes, Mark Adams has been a head coach, but not not at the Power Five level or whatever. Sure. Um, but but he definitely knows the X's and O's, and he definitely has been a very valued assistant and has logged a lot of time as an assistant as well. So that's a terrible example, but I just kind of wanted to tout how great Mark Adams is and how excited we are about basketball season coming up in two weeks. But I think the thing with Joe McGuire, it sounds like the main deal is just what he would be able to provide on the recruiting trail. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but aside from the rest of it at, you know, if, if he's able to build a good staff around him, like you said, and, just kind of be the the CEO coach, which, you know, that's not a good term, but it's kind of what we would be talking about. Because uh, that was, that was what Wells was to an extent. You know, he didn't call the defense. He didn't call the, the offense. That's probably not a good example either. <laughs> I'll just stop talking. So, okay, talking. here, here. Here's some, hear me out on some points here. Okay. Say you hire McGuire as the head coach. Um, one, I, I'm really interested to see the direction LSU goes with their head coaching search. Cause I think for me, Aranda makes a lot of sense to bring him back. Right. To, to, to hire him back to LSU as a head coach. Um, if they do that and you hire, like you get McGuire away from Baylor, 
right? So they, they don't elevate him to be their head coach. You get McGuire. Do you then take pieces from that Baylor staff, like their offensive coordinator who's done really well, who came over from, from BYU? Um, and then like defensive coordinator, who do you get? Like, can you get like a Kobe Carthel? Yeah. Is that like, is there, is there enough skins on the wall for him to be a, a power five defensive coordinator? I don't know, but like McGuire, and I'm not, I'm not tied to an, uh, an air raid OC. So like when I was thinking about Kitley, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be like, so I don't want to be tied to the air raid. I don't want to be that, like, we have to do this. Like McGuire, Kitley, Carthel. If trailer says no. Yeah. I mean, I've liked, I'm with you. The air raid doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if you win games. You want some games? Yeah. And Cumbie's offense, for the most part, I've really enjoyed it. I've liked how he mixes things up. I like how he tries to stick with the hot hand a little bit on the running backs and not just, well, it's Xavier's White's drive. Let's just flip him in. You know, it's, he kind of sticks with the hot hand a little bit more. I do wish he'd get Ezukamo the ball more. Which is wild. the best player on your team. After we said that after week one and two, we're like, guys, you got to find somebody else on offense. And I was like, guys, you got to go back to Ezukamo. Come on. Yeah. We're we're done with that now. (laughs) Let's get it back, get it back to the, you know, the, the guy that's going to be playing on Sundays eventually. Um, I mean, I think we had some other questions here. Let's we do. See. We do. There's some other responses. Uh, Joe chimed in regarding Wells. I wanted him gone last year. He gave me the creeps day one, which is something I never got. But uh, it goes on to say timing made a statement. I'd be happy with Harold or Dykes. Those are interesting. Trailer not quite proven. I could argue that Harold's not quite proven either. Uh, he's never been a head coach. Do not want anyone unfamiliar with West Texas or Lubbock culture. Cumbie can I, get to a bowl. Tech covers. OU is kind of bad at the moment. And, you know, that's hard to argue. That's hard to argue that. I could see Tech covering even though we both picked sure. against it. I Okay. So let me let me pick apart some of your, your pieces there, Joe. And I'm sorry. I don't want to like single you out. Um, so, Harold, I, again, I'm not tied to the air raid. I'm, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant on what they're doing out there at USC. Cause I haven't watched a single down past couple of years. He strikes me as somebody that's not like, they haven't been so great offensively that he's coming up on names to be a head coach unless it's to replace, to move out to like a UTSA, like trailers going to get poached. He's going to move up and out of UTSA is, is a group of five school. The next stop for Harold. Uh, especially back in the state of Texas, like that could really work. I don't think he's ready for a power five school, but again, that, that may just be my ignorance. Um, trailer, not quite proven. I would again, argue the opposite. I think he is pretty proven. I don't think you need somebody from West Texas or that's super tied into West Texas or the Lubbock culture. I think you need somebody that knows Texas though. I yeah. think, I think you can pick up on, on West Texas. And I, I think, if they're committed to the program, they're excited about the potential that Texas tech has. They're going to, they're going to have that buy-in and excitement to help rebuild this program. And it doesn't have to be West Texas guy. Um, Cumbie can get to a bowl. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Tech covers may or may not. Oh, he's kind of bad. I, I kind of agree on that. I think the last one we have is, is Briggsy, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And he's his is the most succinct. <laughs> yes, yes, trailer, Bryles, yes, no. So yes, he agreed with the firing. Yes, the timing was okay. Who does he want? Trailer. Who does he not want? Bryles. Can come and make a bowl game? Yes. Is tech cover? No. Okay. There was one other thing I tweeted out that I wanted to discuss. And it's a very scientific poll. I didn't call it Pulse of the People because I didn't want to copyright infringement from Rob Rowe. But I asked, and this is something I mentioned yesterday during our instant reaction on Monday. I said, did the firing of Matt Wells and the announcement of Sonny Cumbie as interim head coach rejuvenate your interest in the 2021 Texas Tech football season? And the choices were, yes, I was checked out. No, I'm done. And no effect. And the results are about what I've expected. Honestly, um, we had a couple hundred votes and 41% said no effect. So there's a lot of, that's probably like me and you Spencer and probably most of the people listening to this podcast are like, yeah, well, I'm going to watch these next four games play out no matter what happens. Uh, only 11% said, no, I'm done. They were just already like, now that's it. Um, that's great. That Cumbies, the interim, who cares? But then 47% over, not quite half the people who we polled, it said that this did rejuvenate their interest in the football season. They were already kind of checking out and like, ah, I'm about done. I, you know, they're not going to get anything done this year. So that, that kind of with this super scientific poll proves what I was th- saying yesterday in that this was just a really shrewd business calculation, possibly by a hoe cut and company to just keep fan engagement and make sure there are butts in seats. Those first two Saturdays in November when uh, the cyclones and the Cowboys come to town. And I'm sure that's part of the equation. I'm sure that wasn't like, Oh, well we've got to fire Wells to have, you know, an extra 15,000 in the stands. I know that that wasn't part of it, but I'm sure it was a, kind of intended benefit of that and the hope that, and that's where I go with maybe that's why Patterson wasn't named the interim head coach. Maybe there's a, that's the reason Sonny Cumbie was named the interim head coach. Cause now that you've got this story that you can push um, and that you can sell basically. So, I mean, there's the proof right there. 47% of people polled said that they were checked out of the football season until Wells was fired and Cumbie was named the interim. And now people are like, well, I'm back in rooting for my boys. Is it more of a morbid curiosity? You think like, let's see what happens. It could be. (laughs) All right. Um, It could be. Okay. So one, uh, we got a, a, a quote tweet on the, we're on the lookout for coaches with strong Texas ties. And you said a few, my favorites, you got a picture of, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm blank on his name. We got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and that Pee-wee is a Herman. strong Texas tie. Yeah. And he's also wearing full denim, <sighs> the Canadian tuxedo baby. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Sanders. And this is okay. So Jimmy's a, a personal friend of mine. He said, well, if that's the criteria, and then has a gif of Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yes, sir. He does have a strong Texas tie. I mean, that is the criteria. We've that's what Hokut said himself. Um, and then the other one. 
you guys and your uh, big game boomer lists, you guys are reacting to those big top 20 best worst stadium bathrooms. And you said, we need to know how he came up with those lists. I, I mean, people. really, is, and is he really going to be on the Gambling Gauchos podcast or is, are they messing around? Is Big, is big Game Boomer, Boomer going to be on there? The guy that just has an Excel sheet and arbitrarily ranks shit? Like literally shit. That's what he's ranking here is the best place to take a dump. The 20 <laughs> best places to take a dump. And I assume that's because he, he researched that himself. I don't know why this is getting me so fired up. I can't stand that. It's just every time that is his only stick. That is his. He's got a podcast coming soon. <sighs> if you, if you believe his Twitter bio, YouTube show slash podcast coming soon. How many followers, followers does he have? Ooh, uh, 22,000. See, that's insane. He had like five this summer, which I thought was that's too many. That's too many. Quit following this guy. And he just, he just comes up with the most arcane shit to rank and does, I don't know, maybe he goes on Yelp and figures out the best place. The <laughs> there's best no way, there's in, no way that you know, those things exist. <laughs> he's got five the best waffle house in Pullman. There's no waffle house in Pullman, but he's going to rank it anyway. <laughs> he's got five big 12 teams on the best bathrooms. Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas State. We're giving this way too much time. Texas Tech. Worst <laughs> bathrooms, Oklahoma, Kansas. Unfollow him. If you're listening right now, unfollow Big Game Boomer. <laughs> don't don't even give him the clicks. Don't Do not don't encourage click. this behavior. All right. Um, let's wrap this up with what we learned. And yeah, let's just, where's the button? There we go. I'm, what did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. One of these days, Michael, I'm going to figure out how to work this thing and do simultaneous hosting and producing. Today's not that day. So I'm going to go first because it's going to be short and sweet. This is the first time I've gotten one of these in Lubbock. We went to Taco Tuesday for dinner tonight. The styrofoam cup shortage has hit Rose's hard. Oh, but... Uh, so I I have a just a white non-branded cup from them. You, you Normally they have like the entire thing is all Rosa stuff. Recently with the new cups, the new sizes are different across the top. So they haven't had a good supply of cups that match their lids. It's been frustrating. Mm. Tonight, I got a paper straw. Now I understand the push and transition to paper straws. I yes. don't like it. They're the worst, man. They, they get soggy. They get stained with the color of the drink. They fall apart. It, they start to unravel. They unravel. And, and they don't like disintegrate into your drink, uh, at least not in the time that you should be done with a drink. Um, I was first introduced to this. We went on a uh, team retreat to our, our national headquarters up in Seattle, and they were all the rage up there already. This was two, yeah, exactly two years ago. It was back in the, uh, October of 2019. Um, and I was like, it is bad. <laughs> Cause you're just so used to the, just the, the feel of a plastic straw and then not having to taste it and subtle, but you can taste that you're drinking through paper. I don't like it. I, I don't either. And I'm with you. I mean, I, okay, I get it. Yes. Plastic is bad. Yes. There's this like plastic berg floating out. 
in the ocean, the size of Delaware or whatever it is. It's and everybody seen that yeah. video of the plastic straw up the tortoise's nose and they're pulling uh, out with a pair of pliers. Yeah. I love, I love tortoises. Turtles. And, but paper straws are just, they're, they're terrible. There's gotta be a better way. And they metal. do, they just, I, I've, I like I've had them. Um, let me tell you where I've had them. Those are not disposable. At this, let's see. Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> If you got a, you know, it's the indoor water park in Grapevine. If you got one of their fabulously overpriced daiquiri drinks or something, they give you a paper straw. Those things especially do not like an icy slushy drink. I think they disintegrate even faster in those. Yeah. And it's just, uh, okay, what did I learn? I've got one on here. I'm going to get to it. But the first thing I learned was that someone keeps feeding Mac Ingalls some bullshit. And I, I am so sick of it. With I Fort Worth know. Star-Telegram, he just came out with something tonight all about Bryles, all about, oh, there are people, there are people pushing it. And, you know, Ingle was the one who broke the news on Monday anyway. So, I mean, I'm not How? saying names, but Cody Campbell, are you talking to Mac Ingle all the time? Maybe stop. Who is it? Who's doing it? Who's leaking this stuff? How is a guy in Fort Worth that constantly trolls tech just for fun, just for giggles? How is he the guy that's leaking our news? Who is he talking to? And if that guy is a true tech alumni, tech donor, tech fan, they would stop. They'd stop feeding this guy this crap, especially stop feeding this guy. Hey, let's see what the public thinks about another run at Bryles for like the sixth time in the last seven years where it just keeps getting recirculated, regurgitated, brought up. People just can't let go of it. And a lot of it is because of this type of stuff. He posted something tonight that, and there was just a throwaway sentence in there as if it was common knowledge. What does he say? Um, Oh, I was going to quote it, but he basically said that Cumby is a Bryles guy. Where did he get that? Who says that? And then just continues on with their dumbass article anyway. That's, you've got to at least go into why you said that and what that means and where that came from. And so that just blew my gasket in the first place anyway. And, if it's Campbell, if it's Campbell feeding him this, and if Campbell is so hung up on Browse, it almost makes you wonder, does Browse have dirt on him or something? What the hell? The guy has quit football. Let the man quit. Let the man ride off into the sunset. He's 65. He's done. That's perfectly okay. You don't owe him anything, do you? I, it just blows my mind that this Mac Engel guy is breaking this, this stuff. I don't, um, yeah, I don't know how, how he got that got, scoop. Why, how he scooped all of the, feeding it to him needs to rethink this. Okay. But before you get to your last point, somebody's okay. done some Twitter sleuthing. Good. And they looked at who Cody Campbell follows. Two new follows. Sonny Dykes, Jeff mm-hmm. trailer. Ah, well, just throwing that out there. So he's, he's listening to our podcast. Sure. Sure is. All right. What did you learn? Besides that Mike Mac Ingle's a douche and we need to figure out who the, who the mole is. Who's the leak. 
who's the rat? Who's the narc? Um, I learned double nickel is still the best steakhouse in town. I haven't been fabulous. I haven't been. You've, you've never been. It's Mm. okay. I have a hard time paying for a lot of money for a steak that I feel like I can do at the house. I get, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Uh, and you know, it would take a, you know, I can take a $25 steak and make a pretty good, dang good meal here at the house. But no, I'm with you. And I've, you know, after finally reached that point in my life where I'm like, yeah, I can do that too. Um, but it is nice to still go do it and have sure. the whole thing and have someone make one for you. You also and get like everything else that comes with it. The atmosphere, the side yeah. that I have no interest in making desserts. Well, we were celebrating my, my wife's mom and stepdad moved here from Florida. I think I've mentioned it a few times mm-hmm. and we've been putting this off this whole time because everyone has been so busy. So in four months they moved here, found a house and moved into the house. And they've been in that new house for like six weeks, which has just been great. We're really happy for them and, and proud for them. And so this was our way of celebrating that, you know, we got a babysitter that way the four adults could go and just really enjoy each other's company, have a really nice meal, have a, a Mandarin. Let's see. What was it? There was a Mandarin cake with pineapple, something ice cream. Oh, I'm doing it. No justice. It's a lot of citrus. Oh Yeah. So we, we, we had some dessert. We went all out, you know, it was really a celebratory thing and man, it was just such a good steak. I've only been there, I think three times, man. And I've lived here for almost 20 years. So it's not like it's, it's on my list. Uh, it's not in our budget very much, Sure, but every time it's been so good. So there's, there are other places in town and I have been to, one of them once and I don't even want to say the name of it, but I don't know if I'll ever go back. It was awful and they overcooked my steak. And it's kind of like, you know, if this is the thing you're supposed to do and I ask for a medium, medium rare steak and you bring out a well done steak. I feel like medium and medium rare, like and and the curve, like the bell curve of like <laughs> the prefer- preference of doneness. That should be your, well, your, your, your wheelhouse there. And I think I know, I, I think another the place you're thinking of, and it's a you've it's been a, there. It's a pretty uh pretty high high dollar place. Everybody seems to love. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the steak. I didn't so much enjoy the sides. I ran into somebody pretty famous there. That's right. I remember that. But I, yeah, this the steak wasn't. It was way overcooked. It it was it wasn't any good. That's awful. And on top of that, the I talked to several people after that because I just was like, is this just me? Am I overreacting to this? They had all had similar experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened to me. I had mm. to send it back. I had to send back my steak. And I'm like, if you're, good, sending, if you're asking, no. If you're no commanding $75 for a steak <laughs> and have to send it back, learn how to cook it. Don't put it on that hot damn plate and think that that's going to solve it. No, yeah, yeah, it'll keep it warm. Yeah, it'll carry keep it all the way to well done. I don't <laughs> know what you think. <laughs> all right. That's it. Double nickel. Go to double nickel if you <laughs> want a really nice steak in town. The Actually, the girl I, I recently hired uh, in my department used to work at double nickel. Interesting stories from her. But anyways, that'll do it for us this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Got your, this is your Oklahoma preview. We'll be on Spotify Green Room Saturday evening for the instant reaction. Break down how that game goes. 
for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.